Welcome to another episode of Mutant City Horror. The next one. The next one. <laughs> nice. What's up, Matthew? Oh, what's up, buddy? Oh, that kind of cut out real fast. Sorry. <laughs> I know you didn't hear it, but I actually no, no, went too, too far too fast on the knob. <laughs> it's a hard cut out. Oh, oh yeah, the the the, the intro, intro music. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I swear, one yeah. of these days, I will figure out how I get you to be able to hear it. Yeah, if you guys didn't pick up on that already, it's it's kind of hard to cue the beginning of our show because uh, because for some reason, and you know, I I want to say it's worked before, right? <sighs> remotely, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was able to remotely at some point. I I don't know, maybe I'm just fabricating that i could that could be complete bullshit um on on a different note i'd like to uh bring up the fact that today is may the 4th so happy star wars day to everybody what'd you watch um what's that what what did you watch today yeah no you i didn't watch star I wars watched... on star wars no uh-huh. um dude i mean come on I, I i came home from work i slept till about five you know, and mm. I woke up and uh, here I am right now. I was thinking of it, but remember, I've got no ties to any of the movies because I don't have Disney Plus. So can't really watch those. And uh, I'm not going to go purchase them right now, especially like why am I going to like purchase like Empire Strikes Back by itself or like A New Hope by itself? Obviously, I would want to kind of binge a little bit. Um, uh, If anything... You know, I I would like to uh, one kind of one and done that I like to watch on Star Wars Day is always going to be Rogue One because it's always my go-to. That's best what we're, yeah, that's what me and the kids were watching today. Best appearance of Darth Vader ever. Great, uh, a friend of mine said greatest hall monitor ever. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, I I I did I did happen to see and I haven't seen it in a while and I was thinking about considering this is uh Voodoo for free right now you can watch a movie called Fanboys. Do you remember Fanboys? Oh, fuck yeah. I think I think that would be a good um celebra- <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> celebratory watch. Uh first. Yeah, Star that's a good call and I'm bummed that I'm only now just realizing it, hearing you say that, because after this, it's bedtime for me. So next year, next year. But yeah, it's funny. Say, I was it's just talking like about that movie. No, I know, but like I just I was just talking about that movie with uh, with Daryl because like we were getting into the lore of like um, Clone Wars and Rebels and the Bad Batch and like that shit goes deep, and you know. I think he was like testing my Star Wars like commitment and knowledge. So like I feel like we kind of went head to head. It was good, but then I brought up fanboys and he was like, "Never heard of it." <laughs> well, that that's the thing about fanboys. Uh, believe it or not, most people I know don't even know it exists. It's crazy to me too, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. But I do have, I do have a random Star Wars fact that I'm sure you probably don't know. I. I learned about this actually not too long ago myself. <clears throat> um, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite starships in the in the the series in the saga is um, is the A wing fighter. Um, 
I love it because it's it's sleek, it's fast, and I believe the the tie interceptor is uh, what was a direct response to the the A wings capabilities because before that you know the tie fighters just short range uh, fast but not as fast as the interceptors the interceptors are just like insanely fast yeah those things are dope and and if you notice uh, the a wing didn't make an appearance until uh, return of the jedi and neither did the uh, tie interceptor so it led me to believe i was having this conversation with somebody about that i was like well i can't help but notice that that you know, the tie interceptor was the answer to the A wing, and funny enough, he he was all like, "Oh yeah, it, it is." And he also told me a little bit extra that I did not have any idea about. So originally, the plans of the A wing fighter were had gone to the Empire first, and they turned it down. Okay. That 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 was pretty much That's it. it. Yeah, it's in line so, with. Um... Oof, I don't remember which um, one of the last ones. Um, I don't remember if it was eight or nine. I want to say nine. No, eight. I want to say eight. The one that Benicio del Toro was in. Uh, You've seen seven, uh, seven, eight, and nine, right? Uh, the 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 Rise of the Skywalker series. Yes. I kind of stopped after the second one. Okay. Uh, no disrespect to anybody who are fans of it. Look, I I tried to really like the Force Awakens. I tried to really like the the sequel. Um, it, it's had it, it has it its quotation points, its bullet points to me that that I do like. But I just I'll be honest with you, they they really fucking bombed that <laughs> that series of movies. Yeah, they weren't terribly. Good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just uh, slap in the face after slap in the face after slap in the face, and there's only there's only so many face slaps I can get. I ain't Chris Rock, you know. I I can't just take them like that. <laughs> so it is episode eight, um, the Last Jedi. Okay, where Benicio del Toro's in it, and he plays this like um, I, I don't remember. I think his name was like DJ or some shit, and I don't remember what like his role was, but he was like under arrest. He was like a thief. Or yeah. he was like an arms trader. That's and right. I remember. He was saying yeah. that like he dealt, you know, he would sell, you know, I think he was showing them that they were like selling X-Wings to the Empire. And they were like, how, how can you like, you know, sell shit, betray the rebels and all that stuff? And he's like, I, he's like, I don't pick a lane. It's like it, rebels, uh empire like it doesn't matter it's just all about who has the most money like to me they're the same on both sides at least you're stealing from the bad guys and helping the good good guys bad guys made up words let's see who formally owns this gorgeous hunger uh, this guy is an arms dealer made his bank selling weapons to the bad guys I'm the good. Finn, let me learn you something big. It's all a machine, partner. Live free. Don't join. I could see, like, that kind of just, you know, what you said about the A-Wing is like, okay, 
you know, um, it, it was presented to the Empire first and then it got sold to the rebels. And that's kind of what he was saying in episode eight. Well, I, I find that aspect really fascinating. It's just because, for one thing, uh, the A-Wing does not look like a typical design that the, uh, the, the Empire would have um, for multiple reasons. One, uh, it could singularly like go through uh, hi- hyperspace. But you know, uh, none of the none of the imperial ships can, other than their um, star destroyers and bigger fleet models. But um, also, I, one thing I happen to notice is if you, if you really think about it, like the Tie Fighter is nothing but a pod. It's not shielded. It doesn't have any shield capabilities or anything like that. It's very small and rickety, and it would seem like something that the Empire would do is do something that's most cost effective with without the security of the person <laughs> piloting it because they're expendable so i always i always felt that way with the tie fighters and stuff so yeah the a-wing totally mismatches everything I'm, I'm glad the rebels picked it up um but remember it's kind of ironic that uh, the one ship design that you turned down that went to the rebels was had the capability of destroying your superstar destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when it flew right through the cockpit or the, uh, yeah, what do they call it? The fucking, I, oh, what what is it called? Like the Enterprise when there's just sitting uh, the the uh, the bridge, yeah, the bridge, where it flew right into the bridge of the uh, yeah Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, sorry, we were on this Star Wars tangent, but the reason why I'm bringing it up, I, I it's a bit ironic. The movie that we're, we're going to cover right now has two stars that were in Star Wars. Yeah. So I I think it's kind of funny that we're here. We are Star Wars Day, and we got uh, we got two uh, people that were actually in the saga, and uh, so for that we appreciate. And we didn't even plan it like that; it just worked out. Yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. So uh, there we go. Okay. uh, Happy May Fourth, I guess. So tell us what movie we're reviewing today, Matt. All right, so this is a classic. Uh, it goes back to 1971. Uh, it is a movie called Horror Express. For two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Are you telling me that an ape that lived two million years ago got onto that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there? Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us. If you dare, on the Horror Express.
but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. No notable actors, but uh, the only two that I really know most uh, is uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Cushing. Sorry, I, I've always got that wrong. I don't know why. I always added an R in there somewhere. So, uh, respectively, Count Doku and uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff fucking Tarkin. Always, always been a favorite character of mine. He's just so menacing, and like nobody would talk shit to the guy, and not even Vader would talk shit to him. Like you know, Vader would do everything he told him to do, which is funny because like he can, I don't know, just destroy his pacemaker or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy's fucking old as dirt already back then, and uh, you know, Vader's just like yeah. I can just like crush anyone, but you know, he's remember on the, the very first star Wars movies as some people call a new hope. I just still consider it star Wars, uh, that grand Moff Tarkin was the guy in charge. And then Vader was pretty much just like his right hand man, like a henchman. Yeah. True that. And it wasn't until grand Moff Tarkin was destroyed with the death star and everything else was obliterated that uh, Darth Vader kind of took command of everything. So, anyways, but yeah, that's why I brought it, brought up the Star Wars thing. So here we are, uh, an old old horror film called Horror Express. Uh, 1972, directed by one Eugenio Mar- Martin. I don't know if it's Martin or Martin. It's got the little accent over the eye, so I think it's Martin. Yeah, well, I mean, that that was uh, one of the things I was going to bring up about this movie because I, I remember seeing the, the opening credits and, you know, uh, when I when I first watched this, I was, dude, like, I can't even tell you. Like, I was probably, I was probably, like, fucking somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14, maybe. But I, I never really paid much attention to, like, the credits and stuff like that back then. And um, I noticed this time... I was like, wait, you got all these, you got these like British like superstars and stuff like that, but a lot of Spaniard names. And I was, that's, it, it just kind of made me wonder about things like, was this one of those movies that it was just cheaper to shoot in Mexico? But it's not in Mexico. It turns out it's actually in Spain. But I just, I thought it was funny because I was like, oh, is this budget cutting? Like, I was like, <laughs> dude, like everybody on here is like Hispanic. Except for like the the two major stars, you know, mm-hmm. um, and minus uh, other certain p- individuals as well, the the Russian guy included. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a good Russian name. Yeah, I've so, never uh, even heard of this movie. So when you told well, me about good. it, yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, I've never uh, seen it. Never heard about it. Um, I had it on our list. And and that's solely because I remembered it as a kid, like being like, you know what, that kind of fits the bill for sure. Um, and it, all right, 
Well, I won't get too far in because I, I think we should just kind of explain things as we go. But you want to give us a synopsis, a, your own synopsis of this movie? Yeah. Um, so, um, mm, let me find my words. So the movie takes place on a train um, where you're introduced to kind of a cavalcade of characters in the beginning. So I was getting like kind of like um, Death on the Nile vibes or like any kind of like murder mystery vibes for a little bit. Um, And we're, we're meeting all these different characters and kind of their different occupations and, you know, a little bit of character development. And we find um, that Christopher Lee's character um, and Peter Cushing's character are both like scientists. And um, Christopher Lee's character um, is boarding this like this big, huge cargo box. And, you know, he's, we don't really know what's in it, but he's kind of secretive and protective about it. Um, and then, you know, even before every, before even the train takes off, um, you know, there's this thief that tries to break into the box who ends up dying on the platform. Um, nobody's really sure how that happened, but they just kind of, you know, were like, oh, well he was a thief anyway. So like, fuck him. And then everybody gets on the, the train and takes off and then people start dying on the train that are kind of you know, looking around and associated with this box. And it um, turns out that there is, um, uh, don't, fo- don't say it. Don't, uh, there's, there's something inside the box. There's something inside the box, um, that may or may not be alive. And as people get close to it, it, you know, they start to die. Um, and so the movie is really kind of like the presenting of what is in the box. um, and then what the people need to do to like protect themselves on the train. There's a lot of death that happens. It's associated with the thing that's inside the box. Um, and so it, again, it's just, you know, um, kind of a mystery, but then like a drama, but it's very horror themed because there's a lot of death and uh, killing. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say too much without spoiling the movie. Um, I mean, we're going to spoil it in this podcast either way, but we yeah, I don't want to like do an experience it with us for lack of a better like, term, shoot my load, you know, too, too soon, <laughs> too soon. Right. You want to, you want to enjoy the experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, is that about accurate? I sure. Okay. I, 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 okay. To be honest with you, I couldn't, t- I thought we were just getting right into it. I was like, well, this is kind of a, drawn out synopsis but yeah yeah like you said it's it's just a uh a, a movie about a train and something terrible is on the train all right there you go yeah. there that's i'll um, edit it to make sure that it's just <laughs> no it's cool man i i still like your version of the it's synopsis. gonna be matt saying give us a synopsis paul and then it's gonna be matt giving the synopsis <laughs> <laughs> Nah, dude, just leave it in there because you know, like that was your that was your take. That was, uh, you know, obviously it's not my my synopsis isn't even the one that I'm sure they got online or whatever. But that that was you know, 
that was your description of the film so that's fine you know that's that's kind of how it went uh, I I, obviously there there's some things in here i didn't want you to prematurely dispel because i think this movie did have kind of an in, interesting i don't want to say twist because you know i don't want m night Shyamalan to get a boner behind me or something what a twist you know <laughs> but it's got an interesting take um the reason why I, I felt like this movie was uh, it, it's always been a movie that stood out since I watched it. And funny enough, I, I the only reason I even know about it was because there was a big lot across the street from my grandmother's house. And it's still there, but now now it's a Harbor Freight. But every once in a while, she would take, I think it was back when it was called Pick and Save, too. It wasn't even called Big Lots yet. But they had, you know, like, I, I used to get Funimation movies from there. So, like, episodes of, like, TMNT or X-Men or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, whatever it was, my grandma would, uh, you know, get what she needs. But she would be sure to ask me, hey, do you, is there is there, you know, another video you want? We're talking VHSs, dude. Like, in the fucking cardboard sleeves and shit. And I saw Horror Express, and I was like... I don't even know why that one kind of took me in, but I was just like, all right, well, what's this about? I'm like, hey, you know, that's that old dude from Star Wars and stuff. And uh, I, for me, it was just an easy access horror film. And I was like, you know what? I'll take this one. And I may have watched it twice or so since I had it, you know, but I just... It's one of those movies that really stuck to me, and I know when I was instantly making the, when I was making that list for the podcast, you know, our back kind of I like to say backup list. It's just a list of movies that are already set for us, just in case we can't think of something good enough to to cover it. So it made that list almost instantly because it was such an impactful movie to me. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of how I heard about it. So. I guess let's start this one off. Um, how do you want to start it, Paul? Um, so the movie starts um, with, you know, scenes of a train. And then, like, we get to the platform and we see people kind of walking around. And they are, you know, getting ready to take this trip. I think uh, they establish where we are. I think it's like Shanghai or something, right? Yeah, it's in China. Um I think there was there was a little bit at the beginning, but I don't think it was that much. I think it was them digging up the fossil. Do I remember that? Because I remember it opened with trains. Like, it showed the trains kind of going by on the tracks. Was there a thing? With yeah, fossils? see, I, I thought I did too. And then now that I'm reviewing it, <laughs> there, there's an intro where they're in like the, the middle of nowhere and they blow out a piece of ice. Not that big a deal. But there's a fossil. There's, there's a fossil... And it eventually makes its way into a wooden box, which then is now in the train station. How the fuck did I miss all of that? I don't know, but I was reviewing it, too, and I was like, oh, fuck. No, I'm looking at it right now, and you're totally right. It's like, you know, almost like five minutes of this intro. <laughs> pulling this fossil <laughs> out of the ice. 
We're on a good one now, ladies Whoops. and gentlemen. I fucking love our <laughs> movies so much, it. we don't remember half of them. Dude, that's my old man brain hard at work, man. <laughs> I was thinking about my, this. Mine just did the same thing in the same moment. I was thinking about this the other day where, like, I used to be so sharp and on point about movie trivia and, like, actors and, like, just the dumbest shit. And now, like, I have to, like, take, like, two minutes and, like, wait, what? Uh... What was that? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, dude, it's it sucks. It fucking. Sucks. I don't. I don't think it's a thing that that that's coming with age. I think it's just more like you got more responsibilities, and so all the the stuff that didn't have much meaning doesn't really have you know priority anymore. So uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's like getting rustic. You know, you get rustic with something, but you still have it no matter what. I like also, if, yeah, I. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. No, that's right. Uh, well, I was gonna say because, like, you know, like, oh, for me, like, uh, I used to sketch all the time, and I still do occasionally. And even though I might be like, oh, I forgot how to do it this way or something like that, no matter what, I still got the skill, and it's still there, and it all ultimately comes back. So yeah, I, I think the same thing. Here. I also can't help but. Um, wonder if it was um, if it is partially to do with like the stuff that I did when I was a kid and I'll just leave it at that because the kids are in the other room <laughs> got little, it little bit a little bit of this a little bit of I, this a little bit of that I know, you, I know you fairly well and I don't think that those times had any long term effects I don't think it's that I literally I've watched you from that time that you're talking about how you, you said you, you were you felt like you were sharp and stuff to where you are now. And on my outside perspective is that, yeah, you just took on a lot more responsibility. So, you know, you had to focus on the things that were more important. Yeah, true. Anyway. Maybe. So, you know. <sighs> Fucking adulting, man. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, we all go through it. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. okay so, so. So. Anyways, they they dig up this fossil. They put it in the box, and then they cut to the uh, train station, and this is where we start to meet um our cast. Right. So we Christopher Lee's there first. He's the uh, talking with the you know the the train office, and he's like, "Hey, I had a reservation, but like, I don't have a ticket. Where's my ticket?" And like the the dude's kind of like dismissing him, like, "Ah, sorry, buddy. You should have you know you should have done it sooner or whatever." And then um, Peter Cushing's character comes in with his uh, some old lady with him on the side. And I think they make reference to who Christopher Lee is. And then the train guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you, you you're who you are or whatever. And so Best they start accommodating perfect. him and they give him a ticket and the whole nine. So like, OK, so we're, we've established that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are associates at the very least. Yeah, that's that's what I gathered too. And it's funny, description of the film says that uh, Christopher Lee, who plays uh, Alexander Saxton, and uh, Peter Cushing is Dr. Wells. It actually describes them as rival scientists. Well, yeah, because not to jump too far ahead, um, Peter Cushing's character wants to know what's in the box, especially after kind of what happens here, right? So 
They're in some the reason, uh, everyone wanted to know what was in this man's box. Like, like seven. Dude, what's in the box? <laughs> oh, what's in the box? <laughs> yeah. You gotta add that one. What's in the box? Did you like the the black dynamite drop in there? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, absolutely. I was like, what? What, what are you talking about? But yeah, I remember. Yeah, let's, let's episode, yeah. Okay, so so my bad. They're still arguing about um, Christopher Lee's like allowance to be on the train, and um, Peter Cushing's kind of watching, and then Chris uh, he sees that Christopher uh, he sees that Peter Cushing bribes the train guy and he was like oh, okay and peter and uh Christa, yeah peter cushing's like oh that's what you got to do you got to kind of like bribe him or whatever and money uh, talks man christopher lee was like nah fuck that he just went all ape shit and like just like yeah like, tore everything off the dude's desk and then like the cops came in but the cops knew who he was and they were paying like they were being respectful with them and that's when the train conductor dude was like uh, no i remember I do have your excellency's ticket. Your, your ticket, right here. Thank you. Oh, I didn't realize you're an important person. Like, here's your ticket and the whole nine. But the cops were there. Why did the cops come in? Do you remember why? Uh, actually, you know, when you brought it up, I, I didn't recall that they were there. The guys in the blue suits with the with the hats, uh, they, they came in to let them know that there was a death on the oh, platform. Oh, 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 yeah. And that, that means we totally uh, skipped a bit in here. Okay, so, yeah. Um, that, that, you know, it kind of goes to show their characters. You got Peter Cushing. Uh, he's like, hey, just just fork out money, man. They'll just, they'll just shut up. And Christopher Lee's all like, oh, fuck that. I ain't gonna give him any of my money. I'm entitled, goddammit. This is me. <laughs> me. Like, everybody should listen to me kind of shit. So, it's kind of you got you got the guy who's yeah they're both smart but you got the 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 smart guy it's like yeah, just shut up and just hand him the money and then you got the other guy that's like no I'm important fuck you I ain't right. giving you shit um in the meantime while this kerfuffle is going on there was uh there was some um suspect Asian guy that was like I don't know. He was like going through people's shit. Uh, he was trying to get to the the box, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he knew a little something about it, uh, and and he wound up dead. So uh, the police had come in to inform them, hey, somebody died on the platform, right? Right. Yeah. So now You're they're all that. now they're all out there, and they see this dude laid out on the ground. With like his eyes like pure white, but like no, they <laughs> the I one of somebody knew him. I don't remember who it was. Somebody knew him, and they're like, "Oh, that guy, he's a thief or whatever." And the Lord have mercy on his soul. Not that he deserves it, a dirty thief. You have his things. You knew him, Krasinski, the locksmith. He could open any trunk with a hairpin. A thief? But he was blind. Blind? He could spot a policeman a mile away. I'd be damned. The work of the devil. And they're like, oh, a, a blind thief? And they're like, no, he's not blind. He's like, how can you be a blind thief? And they're like, well, look at his eyes. Like, there's got, there's nothing there. It's just all like pure white. And so that's when yeah, they're like, it's been whited out. 
Like that, that's weird as shit, you know? But when they show that, that's when uh, the priest like recognizes that that's like, you know, kind of weird and shit. I think his name is a uh, father Pujardov Pujardov Pujardov. We'll call him the priest. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> the evangelist. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he starts, he, like, praying over the body. He's like, oh, oh he's, my God. he's one of those really weird ones and shit like that. You know, like, like the guy that's just, like, like, he's just barking prophecies at people, and they're like, just shut up already type shit. You know, like, one of those real creepy dudes. He's got the look and everything, dude. We're, we're talking, like, uh, I don't know, like reminiscent of like Rasputin and shit. Yeah, that's a, that's that. a good that's a good call. Do you remember what he was doing with the chalk? He was uh he was blessing everything with crosses. Is that what he was doing? Yeah. He okay. was he was drawing he was drawing a crucifix on everything. Um uh, he, everything he except making... for what? Well, he did he he did the box. If, he tried to well, yeah, I was gonna get to that, oh, but okay. like, yeah, yeah, he, he basically, you know, he's all like, oh, everything's cursed, everything's cursed, and he's uh, drawing crosses on everything. But then when he go, he makes an attempt to draw a cross on the box, it doesn't happen. It doesn't even leave a mark. So, yeah, that's that's your first sign that there's something evil, something of ancient evil in your place, and uh, he's sniffing it out. Yeah. So from there, they get the box loaded up on the train. Um, Peter Cushing, you know, keeps, you know, kind of hinting around to um, Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee. And he's like, what you got in there? You know, what you got going on? What is it? And he's like, oh, don't worry. He's like, you're going to you're going to read about it in like the next, you know, scientific publication or whatever. He's like, this shit's going to be fucking groundbreaking or whatever. And while they're sitting in the cargo room. He opens like a latch to the box mm-hmm. and like he goes to pull something out. And this is where we see for the first time um, that like it's at least a skull, uh, like a human head that's been frozen um, that he's got in the box. Is that what you took from it? You took just a, just the a skull? I mean, it's a well, big box. Obviously, like there's a whole body in there, right? Because, like, <laughs> well, yeah, he's, but I mean, he's like, like reaching out to it with his arms and like, yeah. but like you just see that part. That's all we see so far. So like, plus yeah, there's, it's a, there's a window right where the face is. So it's like, it's like a frozen Neanderthal kind of thing. And that's, and that's all we saw in the beginning when they were digging it up was just the head. So like, I don't know, maybe I think maybe they like intended to just kind of show you the head first, but it's insinuated that like, there's a whole body attached to that because of how tall the box is. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty big box. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't downplaying. I just, (laughs) I just thought it was funny because I was like, that's a pretty big box for such, (laughs) such a small little parcel. If that was the case. Yeah, and weird, weird too. That's got like a window like that too. I don't think I've known boxes, uh, you know, to have. But then again, I've never seen any anything like these boxes. These yeah. are like those old wooden crates. I wonder. No, I'm not gonna say it. Moving on. Moving on. So, 
train starts rolling, yeah, right? Yeah, they take off. They're already going. Um, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are still in the cargo train. Uh, what do you call it? Ca- uh, what what is like compartment? Right, compartment. The cargo yeah, cargo compartment. compartment. Okay, yeah. I, I I'd say. Uh, if you're looking at the train, my train skills like aren't a pa- up. To- it, it, it's a passenger train, but then the very back um, car it, it looks like looks like a, a storage car. Or something. Yeah. So again, they're still talking about what's in the box. Oh, what's in the box? And Peter Cushing is telling Christopher Lee's like, "What are you going to astound the scientific world with this time? You'll read about it in the society's annual report. The remarkable fossil. Fossil." But you've got something live in there. I heard it. You're mistaken. You won't need to feed it, then. The occupant hasn't eaten in two million years. That's one way to economize on food bills. And they're like, eh, yeah. I don't know. Suspect. Yeah, well, he's telling them it's, uh, he's got a fossil in there. Right. That's all it is. It's a fossil. No one needs, you know, needs to know more than that. Which is true. I mean, come on. It's, true. It's man's luggage. Yeah. What are you guys trying to get out of this poor guy not wrong i, I mean i i i could feel for him in, in, in that aspect like guys fucking mind your own business right <laughs> uh in in walks uh during this conversation and walks uh the uh the countess yes uh, irina petrovsky petrovsky yeah i like it like that Petrovsky, and she's in there because she wants to stash some jewels in the safe and the little train attendant's like yep no problem i got you put it in the safe and then she's like starts talking to them about who they are and i don't know she she was uh christopher lee is having a conversation with her and my my impression i mean obviously i again it wasn't my first rodeo with this movie but i obviously don't remember the deets and like this is one of those things i was like uh Oh, maybe he's, you know, flirting with her. I thought they were flirting I with I thought she was other. flirting with them because she was like, oh, an Englishman. And like, because she's holding a dog and the dog is like barking and going on. One of those fancy fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> she one of those cheap dogs. And it was a stupid ass <laughs> name too, like a Vinca or some shit. Everybody names names their fucking expensive dogs some weird names sometimes. I mean, rightfully so, but still. Yeah. It's, it's always something very snooty so you know they're talking we're again establishing character development she's the countess her husband is the count uh what was his name count myron petrovsky and they're just making small talk you know and she's wondering what's in the crate because the dog is like how how relevant is that by the way you know i mean you got one guy that played count dracula meeting another count huh Oh uh, well, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, just, yeah. I, just thought it was funny. I wonder if he gave him some like some tips on set, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Counts don't act like this; they act like this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but go on. So uh, he's like he's doing that thing where he's like trying to like you know talk to her and be nice, but also like walk her out the door and like stop looking at the shit that's behind me, you know? Like let's just go, you know, focus on something else. Um, and they leave. And then we meet another character, the um oh, this fucking nerdy guy he was an engineer. Uh he's a scientist. Excuse me. Yes. 
I was on the platform before, when that mad monk was carrying on. Yes? I'm an engineer, a scientist. Here's the dude playing chess by himself. Yeah, um, it's... I think he's like a mathematician or some shit like that. Uh, something like that. Or another professor or something. Yeah, he's just uh, another smart guy. Obviously, because he's playing chess. Only smart people play chess. I was going to make a Russian joke, but like I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't have it at the ready. <laughs> um, but he yeah, starts asking so... him about the chalk, right? Because like, so like, I think what happened was Peter Lee found a little like, uh, I think he found a chess piece and he picked it up and gave it to him and he was like hey you were the guy that was on the platform and like yeah, yeah he was going how do you through explain the, the, the chalk crew, not the working quarters where everyone's rooms are at and he yeah. saw the chess piece led him to this guy's yeah. uh, room and that's when they start having a conversation about the chalk but they didn't have um an excuse or a reason for the chalk not working so they were just like uh oh, the world may never know this is ordinary chalk how do you explain it's not writing on that crate? Hypnosis, yoga. These mystics can be very convincing. They can even hypnotize themselves. And then just kind of like left. And then we cut back to the cargo uh, booth or the cargo. What do they call mm-hmm. it? Just uh, call it cargo area, I guess. It's... Cut back yeah, to the cargo yeah. room. And this is where we see Peter Cushing bribing like the train employee and he told him something like uh, if um, someone were to drill a little hole in this crate during the night and uh, take a look at what's inside i'd be very grateful again money talks man <laughs> he's like yeah he like handed him some money he was like hey if somebody were to drill a hole in this thing and like tell me what's in it i'd be pretty dope you know, and like handed him a whole bunch of cash. So we get the idea that like the guy's going to spy on him, you know, I'll spy on the crate for him. Um, And then what? We also meet um this random chick who shows up in Peter Cushing's car. She was like trying to escape Shanghai, but like didn't have a ticket. So like this is where I start to like get the idea of like, okay, fucking indiana jones comes in there he kicks her <laughs> off and says no ticket <laughs> sorry like this is where it starts to feel like okay we've got an inspector on the train I, I don't know if we've met him yet but he's here somewhere we've got um the scientist we've got um peter peter lee right christopher lee sorry i'm getting my shit mixed up uh, yeah, you're putting Peter Cushing and Peter Cushing, yeah. <laughs> who showed up with English like thing? <laughs> some old lady, and then like we've got the countess, who's also talking about her husband, the count. We've got the priest. We've got this like rando lady who just like snuck on the train and is like asking um, Peter Cushing for help, like. I, I, it it's, was such it's a just random essentially scene. a build to meet all the characters on yeah, the train but like, stuff like that. But I don't I mean again I didn't I didn't see the last ten minutes of the film, so you're gonna have to fill me in. But like I don't know what the purpose of the I don't know what the purpose of the train was. is not you know Yeah. I don't know it's filler, I guess. But I thought it was funny because um like we didn't have enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, we we spent like an hour talking about Star Wars. I thought it was funny because uh, Christopher Lee comes in and it turns out he's going to be splitting the room with Peter Cushing. 
and um, this girl's in there and, and she's like trying to convince them to let her stay and she's like come on I'll make it worth your while and I was like this fucking freak bitch wants to get down with both these guys just for a room on the train like she must need to get out of Shanghai like really fucking importantly or really quickly if she's like ready to do, do both of them how do you know that she was thing? commenting with sexual favors man how do you know she just wasn't like you know I'll, I'll walk your dog for a week or when you say I have no ticket and I have to get out of Shanghai I'm sure I can make it worth your while I'll make it worth your while that, that generally insinuates <laughs> coitus especially in in a more of a reserved kind of time as this I don't I don't think that's what she intended I'm sure we can all get along very well together. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't gather that, but maybe it is. I'm I'm not one to like stereotype, but I think I recognize a horror when I see one. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> so okay, they, they they go through that. Uh, then we go to. The the guy's cutting a hole. The guy that he paid is cutting a hole in the um the crate. Funny, funny fact. When they pan to him picking up the Or he's not cutting tool. a hole. Actually. No, he's got I forget what they it's like a dowel. He goes to pick up a dowel. There's he's a bottle of out. there's an empty bottle of um um sake on the table. And I was like, dude, I have that same bottle of sake in my closet. What are you talking about? The guy that's opening the crate? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Well, what do you know? I'll show you. Hold on. Ah, well, let me take screenshots. That's all right. I no, I mean I got I got the movie right here, so I can refer back to that. Anyways, he uh he kind of opens it a little bit. He gets a panel open, and he can look and see that there's uh. Uh, like what we've seen earlier, partial face, kind of a nose and a mouth and stuff, frozen on ice. Yeah. And then suddenly, just out of the woodworks, as the guy walks away, confused as fuck, he, now all of a sudden there's a hairy arm that just like comes out of the crate. He Basically, he just left it open. And so whatever's inside is now thawed out to the point where it can now move around and it goes and grabs and unlatches itself or it, it picks itself out of the lock you know like it, that's it, where it, i that, like i again maybe i try to apply too much logic to these movies but like you are a two million year old caveman fossil coming out of mm -hmm. ice how the fuck can do you know to reach out start tugging on the chains you find he picks up a nail and bends it right bends to, it yeah to show his strength and then he like blindly uses that to pick the lock and i was just like how, how is that possible when you're two million years old right, right and then right. i was like you know what i'm just not going to think about it and i'm just going to keep watching it and we'll see what happens and i'm glad i did because then i can enjoy what happens next the uh the train the little train guy came back and he saw that you know the thing was trying to get out and so he comes over and he's like trying to like keep the like the 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 ape man or whatever had undone the lock and was pulling the chain into the box to like get out and so he grabs the chain to kind of prevent it and as he's doing that he looks inside 
and starts looking with this at the sheer monk. look of terror. And then, and so <laughs> what happened? Like, tell 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 the kids at home what happens from there. Uh, well, yeah, he looks in on it. Uh, he sees its face, and it's showing a single red glowing eye. This is one of those things that stuck out to me as a kid. This is part of the reason why I really like this movie and stuff because um there's something scary about a glowing red eye. I it's not and, and it's it's not it doesn't it's not like the best looking glowing red eye. Ever. It looks like a cartoon on top of, you know, like real life stuff, but I don't know. I thought for 1972, I thought it oh, was yeah, pretty no, good. The effects were pretty good uh, for 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 this time for sure. Um, and and so yeah, the the creature's got a single red eye. Um, the creature did have an eye, uh, as it was frozen, but it looked like a normal eye. But now we're seeing it as a red glowing eye, and um, he instantly kills the guy who um, who was who was trying to take a peek. Uh, the guy. Starts bleeding from his eyes, just like the guy on the platform. His eyes turn to pale white, and he falls back and dies. So it's something with the red eye that has to do with killing people, at least making them dead. It's like one of those like tales as old old as time thinking. Like think back to like you know like the uh, the idea of like. God, I don't know, fucking Medusa and shit. You know, you know, anything yeah. that can kill you with a look. Yeah, that, that's what this is. Yeah, sure that. So, um, we cut from that and we go back to the car with the Countess and the Count. Oh, and and uh, I'm sorry, and uh, just to cut in right now because I'm I'm reviewing this with the subtitles on, and um, you know, it actually talked about how. The, the whistling music came on. And that's one thing I wanted to bring up was the, the beginning. I, I I remembered the theme song for this film and I was like, well, it, it stuck there. I totally forgot that it had it. But then when it came back, I was like, holy shit, I totally remember it. it and it's just a simple whistle, but it's a pretty good song. Like it's it? a pretty good, uh, you know, it kind of presents tone. No, I can't, I can't even fucking whistle. Like it's all I can't. <laughs> What I'm sure you could play it somewhere listen. in this podcast, but yeah, yeah. So let's get back to what we were talking <laughs> okay. about because we're only about 20 minutes in. So they cut to like um, the car with the countess, the count, and that's where the priest is hanging out. You know, and they're talking. You know, the priest is talking about how he's getting like some bad, bad vibes on the train. You know, kind of picking up um, that there's like evil kind of spirit ish kind of there's on the train evil yeah. here. This is like one of those priests that thinks that everything is evil, except for himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Which, uh, yeah, he, he, I will he, say, uh, kind of later, there's a you know something that happens, and I was like, oh, I, I don't want to ruin it. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, that, it's it's funny too because he he works for the counts, 
like yeah, he's like there with them, like they're on some vacation. I don't know if he or works whatever. for them or is like enslaved to them because like yeah, that's he that's, had said something the to the countess. It's like they they bought him out or something. He had said something to the countess, and then like the count was like, "How dare you speak to the countess that way?" And he was like, "My forgiveness. I I I lost who I was in trying to protect the countess." I'll pray on it right now. And the count was like, yeah, you pray hard too. And like, he just like goes over to his corner and like starts praying. I was like, damn, that's really how you want to treat your priest that you travel with. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm still not. And they're traveling deep. I mean, she's got a piano and shit. They got fancy curtains. Jesus. Oh God. yeah, man. Royalty. Yeah. So we cut back to the cargo room and there's some cops in there. And this is where we meet the inspector for the first time. And they're looking, uh, they're trying to find the guy that was in there who had died, who we just saw die. They can't find him. Uh, the, yeah. The, the guy that's pretty much, I, I think he's just like the cargo, all the cargo. Yeah. The, the cargo, cargo guy. watchman. Yeah. <laughs> of all the watchmen you could be, you drew the short end of the stick. And I the don't, I don't cargo think so. I, I, I would jump on that opportunity. I'm like, wait, all I have to do is sit here with a bunch of boxes and nobody's no, but I mean, no, me. no, no, Fuck yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> what I mean is like, I was referencing the watchman, right? So oh, all the watchmen yeah. you could be, the cargo yeah. watchman is like the cargo. Short, yeah, you're short just, end you're of the all, short shot. You're holding their artillery and shit <laughs> and all their fucking gear. You're the, like the, you're essentially the squire for a fucking superhero team. <laughs> like what the fuck you mean you forgot it? Like ah oh, shit, man. You know, like you didn't remind me. I'd be a horrible squire. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, they're arguing in the cargo area and, um, you know, the, the inspector points out that like the dude's missing, but also like, um, you know, we're not sure what he was doing in here. And that's where, uh, Peter Cushing is like, is he missing? I don't think he's missing. Well, they found his body. Well, hold on. So Peter Cushing was like, Hey, I think I have something to do with this. I paid this guy to like, peek into the box and Christopher Lee was like, the fuck dude. And he's like, I, you know, I was curious. Like, can you blame me? And so, um, he was like, so I don't know if what happened after that, it, it must have something to do with what's in the box. Oh, what's in the box. So the, the inspector, inspector was like, all right, well like, open let's it. open it up. And Christopher Lee was like, fuck no. Not only do I not want anybody to open this box, like I'm going to take an extra step and try to ensure that nobody does. And he takes the key for the lock and he fucking throws it out the window. Which was weird because it was the lock wasn't on the box, right? It's kind of like Return of the Living Dead where like tar, tar, there's a handprint on the lid of the the drum and you're like you the tar man like into that hand opened print. it up himself like Anyways, whatever. It's locked. They Peter uh Christopher Lee takes the key and he throws it out the window and they're like, What the fuck? And he's like, dude, trust me, you don't wanna you don't wanna open this box. You don't wanna deal with what's inside. And so they were like, Well, now nah, we gotta now we definitely gotta know. So they fucking bust open the chain and they open the latch, and sure enough, there it is. The guy that 
the 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 cargo watchman is in there, wide That's eyes, right. bleeding blood, or crying oh, blood from dead. his eyes. Yeah, dead shit. from earlier, but yeah, yeah like yeah, his he, body's he, it been moved. Like he was crying blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the monster's gone, so that's how it got locked up because the monster came out and it it locked it back up to make it look like nothing happened. So now right. we start this scavenger hunt of like, where the fuck is this monster? So the cops are all running around the train trying to figure it out. We see it um, kind of there lurking in the some halls. children in their chamber for a second. What? There's two. Yeah, it's right here at the uh, 27 minute marker. Mm. It's so it's it, yeah, it's playing hide and seek with these people. They're they're looking around for it. They don't really know what they're looking for. It, it's dark and all that, and this thing is just roaming around from car to car, and it winds up in some room where these two children are sleeping. And it oh, that's right. It's that's about right. To, like, grab at them and stuff, but like leaves them alone. So I don't. Yeah, it looked like it was about. gonna like stick its finger in one of the kids' mouths, and I was like. I don't think that's that's what I You're thought was going to really happen. weird on this. Well, <laughs> that's not what it was doing. No, I know that's not that's not what it did. <laughs> but like it, that's what it looked like it was starting to do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know what it was doing. But oh, I think I do actually. But yeah, that's something for later. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, his 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 hand was right Thank over you. the girl's mouth. Thank you. <laughs> but he wasn't trying to stick his fist. I'm cool. just saying that's kind of. It's what already it awkward that he's in that. Why? Why the children? Why not just you know? Yeah. Anyways, go on. So, um, one of the soldiers on the train finds the monster. He tries to like kill it, but the monster gets the best of him and kills him. Um, and then we cut to. The dining cargo, the dining car, which is, again, super fucking fancy. And Peter Cushing's in there drinking champagne with the with the hooker hose trying to escape Shanghai. And she's like, hey, uh, kind of like what's going on, you know, because like I know you, you know, we're dealing with some shit on the platform. They called you over Wait, to the cargo room. I, I, I don't know where you're at right now. I don't see that at all okay so it went from uh, them looking for the monster to the dining room thing that, that well the monster about. killed one of the soldiers okay well i mean that's fine i mean we'll, we'll uh, yeah one of the uh, soldiers found it and it tried to kill it and he ended up killing the soldier kind of leaving there there on the floor and yeah yeah and then, and then we're at the dining car now yeah and so yeah, the, I don't I, I I see Peter Cushing uh talking with the hooker ho. He, no, he's with the the, the he's with the uh, count countess and That's the, that's not her. The one in the green? Oh, well whatever. They all look the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that is her. That's her not name. it's not the countess. That's the girl who's on the run. She she's trying to escape Shanghai. She didn't have a ticket. She was asking him I thought you said it was some asian chick oh whatever (laughs) whatever anyways she's asking him like hey you were on the platform when that other that first dude died they pulled you into the cargo room when another dude died or or you know something happened in there and he's she's like what happened he's like he's like oh uh yeah i can't tell you she was like okay and then like two seconds later they come over to him and they're like 
hey, uh, you're a doctor, right? And he's like, uh, ask me when I'm done with my food. And he's like, I can't because somebody else is dead now. So like, well, I mean, uh, they they brought the fish over to the, the their table, right? Their their dinner. This is before what you're talking about. And I, I the reason why I bring this up is because it, it's actually a, a bigger piece. You're right. Of the puzzle. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's looking at the fish, and it's got you know obviously it's got a white pale eye, and that's what happens when you cook fish and stuff like that. And he's all like, oh, you know, the eye's white, and the other the other smart guy, the the math guy. Got, yeah, the math guy um, said, like, yeah, what happens when you boil them? Yeah, and then so they do, I like, just, a close-up of it. I just thought that it. was interesting because it was kind of like a touch of two, what, what we're dealing with. And that's when the inspector comes to him and says, yeah, we got another dead body. Yeah. Yeah, and they did a close-up of that eye of the fish. Shit looked fucking gross, man. I'm like, who boils fish? I think they, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of fish. So um, they want him to look at the dead body that they found, which is the soldier. So he goes over and grabs his um, little old lady secretary or whatever. Um, and then we find out that like he's actually like a doctor doctor and he starts performing an autopsy and she's like his nurse or like assistant or whatever. And they're trying to figure out like what happened to this body. Right. And the nurse is like, oh, that's probably a, like a, some kind of like defect or like abnormality. And well, um, it, he opens up the head. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, she's she's suggesting all of this stuff, and then he's like, ah, I don't know, I don't know, and like, it's too coincidental, right? This is the third person he has seen with that the glass eye, and so like, yeah, yeah, he's just dead just, people with uh, white eyes, but yeah, he's uh, you know, he's trying to figure it out. He cuts the head open, and what does he see? The brain has been smoothed out, like it just looks like. A smooth ball, if you will, or like a balloon. Smooth as a baby's bottom. You saw this man today and he was normal. Absolutely. It must be a mutation, a freak of nature. What's so special about this brain? Learning and memory are engraved on the normal brain, leaving a wrinkled surface. This brain has been drained. The memory has been removed, like chalk. And they start tripping out. And I thought it was kind of cool the way that they were like, I mean, it's it's such a simple effect, if you will, where they're using like the saw to like saw the dude's head off. But like the the way that they like painted the blood on there to make it look like blood. And I don't know. It it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, again, like I no, said. They're- Older production. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, Tom Tom Savini was not in the picture at this moment. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Open the, the, the wrinkleless brain, and she comments on it and stuff, and he says something about, um, uh, something about like, uh, like memory stuff like that that's just been kind of wiped away, like uh, the. Uh, you know, the, like the wrinkles, yeah, the wrinkles the, of a brain are 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 made only from like you know milestones, like of us like thinking and processing things and stuff like that. So this brain is showing no, literally, a, there was never any activity, kind of thing. Like it got wiped. Almost. Yeah, like like a formatted disc. Yeah, yeah. Perfect example. 
And uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. The, so the the prostitute girl winds up back in the cargo area. I think. Well, so. Oh no! The the monster is the monster watching them, dude. Yeah. So 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 they finish the autopsy and they're like trying to figure it out, you know, and they're speculating on speculating on it. And then they leave and they turn the lights out. Well, when they turn the lights out, we see the monster come into the room and he starts like he takes the cap or the you know the top part of the head off and he starts like touching the brain and he's like yeah he's like poking. That's why like again when he was in the room with the kids I was like. Dude, is this thing like a creeper? Like, what the fuck? He's like, in, just like infatuated with like touching parts of people. Like, it was gross. Yeah, no, it, it, he definitely creepy. is a creeper. Yeah, kind kind of creepy. And what we mean by monster, like, literally, it was a frozen man. Like, it is frozen, like Neanderthal thing and shit. Yeah, <laughs> so it, and very hairy. <laughs> So Peter Cushing and wet looking, which is kind of gross. Well, I mean, he's defrosted, so like, <laughs> yeah, it's kinda... I know, but it's just kind of gross looking. <laughs> yeah, just follow the trail, right? Yeah, the so, sludge. So Peter Cushing makes it back to his room, and then like the the ho- like the the stranger hooker ho is in there, and sure she... she's got a name. I'm <laughs> I'm sure she does. But Natasha. Sure, I'll take it. She ends up back in the cargo room, and I think what she was doing was trying to steal the jewels that the countess had locked up uh, in the safe. So it's not so much that she was a damsel in distress, as she's like a con man. She was trying to like she's a thief. Yeah, hundred percent. She was uh, she's pulling off uh, her version of a heist. Ocean's Four. (laughs) I don't know. Prequel without so, the, all the circumstantial preparation, and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, assuming, do you remember that uh, episode of woman... Do you remember that episode of Ricky Mort- Rick and Morty when they did that shit? When they were pulling off a heist and they showed all the different like preparation for it, uh, I do, but I can't remember what it was for. I mean, it was probably for something stupid. It's Rick and Morty. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember it. They, they, they totally like. Rick always goes to like the extreme for like the stupidest shit. shit. So. Yeah, so she's uh, she's in there. Uh, I believe she's Natasha. Or. I stick with Hooker Ho. That's not what she's there for. She's a thief. You're, now you're just mis. <laughs> You're mislabeling her, dude. That's like calling her a fireman. Well, transient. We'll just call her. But a here's trans- the thing: it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because with well, her now the, it doesn't because we got this far room, with her in the cargo room stealing the jewel of the Nile or whatever it was. She she converts from hooker hoe to to con man thief, and then instantly becomes dead. Because the eight-man monster is in there watching her. And then, like, he does his, like, staring into her soul thing. And he ends up killing her. And there's, like, a montage of her, like, screaming at different angles. For whatever reason, but this is the kind of shit that you would see in, like, 
these early movies for some reason they yeah. like to really focus in on people's faces. <laughs> so um because she's taking forever um peter cushing comes to find her and as he's like listening in at the door he can hear something happening in there but he can't figure it out so he opens it up the room is all fucking dark i thought this scene was really cool the 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 room is dark and then he kind of peeks his head in and you see the monster's arm kind of lunge and start grabbing at him and you know trying to keep the door open or whatever and he's fighting back and this is where you really kind of see the whole body of the monster and then the uh, inspector shows up and he starts like shooting at the thing but he's also the monster is kind of making eye contact with the inspector as well so like the inspector does this thing where like he just kind of like stops you know um shooting and it's just like entranced by the red eye and you know zoned out if you will until he can kind of like finally pull himself together yeah. and raise he the shot gun the monster shot the, the monster, monster the monster's dead and yeah, but the stare left something behind. It totally, uh, it made made him like, I don't know, just kind of freeze. I, I would, I, I'll go as far as to say, like, I think it was probably the most intense scene of the movie. Like just, just that that tension of like, them kind of staring at each other, and then you know, panning back and forth between the monster's glowing red eye and the inspector, like sitting there tripping out and it was and i think what what seals it for me is that like he wasn't just like just there he was like you you see like actual fear and panic in his face but also like you can tell that he is unable to like stop looking at it so i think um the actor again it's like the it, whole medusa it, thing all over yeah but i think the actor did a really good job of like selling it which I think is what kind of um, contributes to the intensity of the mo- uh, of the scene. All right, sure, yeah, yeah. But he um, didn't. He didn't die, right? So he stared at this monster's eye, just like the other ones have. Well, that's because he had killed the monster before it could do anything to him. So the monster falls dead. the The inspector, uh, he he yeah, goes into some you know like like you said trance or something kind of and what he winds up in a in his bed um and he has a conversation with uh with uh saxon is it saxon um christopher lee yeah christopher lee's character yeah saxton he's having a conversation with him um and they find something. Something that the animal had, he said. Oh, it was. I think it was the uh, the the jewel that uh, what's her name was trying to steal. Well, he the had one picked. That's no yeah, the the monster had picked it up. Which also made me question, like, well, the thing knew how to like break itself out of a cage. Does it have a necessity for the jewel? You know what I mean. Uh-huh. And one of the one of the like police conductors or whatever brought it in and uh 
he was like, uh, here, the monster had this in its hand. We found it. And the inspector's like, oh, I'll give that back to Count P- Petrovsky. And the guy was like, how do you know it's his? And he's like, uh, I saw him put it in the safe. Which is not true because the countess came to the to the room and gave it to the guy who died first and had him put it in the safe. So, like, he didn't. But somehow the inspector knows that that thing belongs to the count. So from there, they um, start to perform an autopsy on the um, on the ape man monster. And they mm-hmm. start with its eye. Do you remember why they started with the eye? Well, I I don't. Well, yeah, because obviously the eye had something to do with the. But it wasn't the red eye. It was just like a regular. Well, well yeah, it was an I eyeball. Mean, so I don't know. It could have been the red eye because, yeah, it could have been the red. It, eye. It was it was there. It only had one eye anyway. And, and oh, true. I, I'm sure. Whoever saw this thing, you know, at that moment had noticed it had a red eye, a glowing eye. And maybe they just thought, oh, there's that strange eye that it had. I spy with my monster eye something red. I really, I never really got why they took the the eyeball, to be honest with you. I was like, okay, there's just like any other part of this monster you can take and just take the eyeball. I, I feel like if anything, if you're that interested, you know, take the head. Yeah. Or take the whole fucking thing. What? Why is the eye? It's weird. That's just being weird. So they were like running like tests on it, right? They like poke it with a syringe and they take some blood out and they put it on a slide and they juicy. can see. They can see. Make sure you're eating something really nice and juicy when you're watching this, by the way. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was kind of a cringe moment. <laughs> I know. I, I just have, it's just one of those things like fucking like, like slow eyeball impalements to me are just like it's pushing it's it's pushing you know pushing the limits a little bit for me remember that scene in fire in the sky where like the dude's on the table and they put that that like latex covering on them and then they cut the slip for the eye and then that needle comes down slowly and like Ugh, that shit is fucking cringy to me dude that's that's what i'm saying like anything involving like like the the eyeball and and it's it's funny because that's one of those things that lucio fulci always always incorporates in his movies i i don't know why he does it but he's the guy that made zombie and you Mm -hmm. remember zombie had that infamous like you know eyeball scene yeah that everyone loves the one where (laughs) he slowly stuck that lady's eyeball into that splinter of wood and shit and you just see it go in and you're like oh god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lucio Fulci does that in a few of his movies And I think it's one of those things where it's just like Yeah, it's so disgusting, I have to do it Yeah, good It's stuff. like one of those moments But yeah, they're, they're sticking this thing with the needle It's bleeding now And it's like, oh god yeah. Eyeball, what the fuck? And it was like, what do we guys wasn't do? even blood It was like like a blackish Like it looked like soy sauce It was gross I think it was intended to be bl- I don't know, whatever Yeah They couldn't afford more red <laughs> They're like Oh, we got black. Just add some brown. It's fine. <laughs> they won't notice. <laughs> um, and and what what comes of this eyeball? Well, they're uh, doing a bunch of testing, but they realize when they're looking at the blood samples that like you can see what the monster last saw from the blood. Yeah. 
Which and, was? Uh, the inspector, right? Mm-hmm. Holding the gun at him. Correct. And then there was also. So like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, like, the, the count is like, well, what are you guys seeing? And yeah. they're all like, come check this out. And but she sees the same thing. And they go to explain. Yeah, it's the last thing the creature saw. But then you can also see, I think when they did a separate test or got like they used another sample of blood, the the like the earth from space but no like, no no they saw they saw a pterodactyl and this oh that's pre- right they saw the pterodactyl prehistoric bullshit couple dinosaurs and then, it, and then it wound up the the last one they're looking at is is the earth right so they were like well and this thing not, is not modern earth old. like back in the day earth like um f- just forming earth like Pangea, like before the comet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is where the priest walked in and he was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, hey, check this out. You know, kind of like, uh, what were those things that you used to put like the, the round discs in and had different pictures on it? And you just like, you put it up to your eyes and then you. Kaleidoscope? No. no that's that's different. Sorry. Kids toy. um, Slide. Picture slide. I forgot what those were called. I remember I used to have those too. The Viewmaster. Viewmaster. You remember they would have one for like every new movie that came out and shit. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it was like you're watching like five frames of the movie and you're like, yeah. oh wow, this is so cool. So the priest is like, what are you, you know, like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, come check this out. And it's like the viewfinder, the viewmaster, where they're like, you know, looking at the different pictures and shit. And he sees that, you know, this thing has seen the creation of the earth. And so he was like, oh, my God, you know, he starts talking about how God created uh, the earth on the second day or whatever. And, um, you know, he starts getting real religious about it. And I think this is about where they start to speculate. We're like, uh, if it viewed the creation of the earth, then like it's not from the earth. Like this is like an alien being or whatever. And again, I might be jumping ahead, but I think they draw the conclusion of like, the man itself, the ape man, the fossil, is not the monster. Like, it's this thing inside of him. And I think that's where they figure out that, like, the monster can, like, transfer itself. Yeah, they didn't disclose that yet. That was... Okay, so I'm late. jumping ahead. You are jumping ahead. Okay, yeah. then scrap that. So, the priest freaks well, out... Well, Right, the right. priest freaks out and he leaves. And then uh, the the assistant, the the nurse's assistant or whatever, is back in the cargo room checking on the bodies again. And this is where, like, we see that the inspector's, like, creeping around in that room. And he pops up and, like, you know, is like, hey, what are you doing in here? And she's like, what are you doing in here? And she tells him, like, she's looking for something. And she offered, like... A thousand rubles for it? Isn't that the money from Zelda? No, that's rupees. Ah! (laughs) Rubles is like... So close. This is what I didn't understand. I I wanted to say, like, rubles is like fucking, like, India or some shit. But I don't think... I don't think it is. I think I... I might have, like, something to do with, like... Asian value? I, I don't know. No, that's no. Uh, no that rubles were um, Russian. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. 
That yes. totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the Russian ruble. Yeah, she offers him money. He's acting. Uh, they, the inspector, you know, he's creeping up on her. He just he's acting really funny. He's not his normal self. He's very suspect. And then, as he's confronting her, he pulls out his left hand, and <laughs> what what do we see? He's got Teen Wolf hand. He's got Teen Wolf hand. <laughs> it's it's. For some reason, he's still got the Neanderthal's hand. I I, I don't understand that one bit, but whatever. I it kind of shows us that like he turned into this guy, right? That's gotta be its only purpose, because like again, I don't want to throw logic in here because it doesn't. It's got no room for it. But like, I think I think that's it. And what we find out is like, so he goes to kill the the nurse or whatever, because like she. Uh, the lights go out and then he's like killing her and the red eyes, yeah, he's got he gets, both, he gives he, the both de- his death eyes stare again. Yeah. So both eyes are red and he kills her. But what we find out is that the priest was kind of like hiding in the room and Lurking. he saw this whole thing go down. Yeah. Fucking creeper. This is where I can use that word eek. Yeah. Correct, right? So he's got an eye. He's got the eye that they were working on in this like mm. handkerchief. The monster so eye. He, he gives it to the inspector, and he's like, "This is the scene that I was talking about earlier, where or like uh, the the priest was so religious, right? So godly, but then like the instant he realized that this guy is like demonic, he was like, "I will join you. Please let me join you." And I was like. How the fuck do you like flip on a dime so quick from being like the most holiest man to like, I'm going to worship you, Satan. I did think about that. Right. And I I also thought about how, well, for some reason, I I feel like, you know, people of the cloth are very easily manipulated in certain ways when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to higher beings and stuff like that. So I I, kind of think what happened here is like. With him, it, it's one of two things. It, it's he either sees that um, that God hasn't shown himself in front of him, but Satan has. So fuck it, I'm gonna worship the one that does. Or he might see this as being the all powerful being that might dominate the earth, and he's just like, all right, well, you know what, you're very powerful. You're probably gonna kill everything anyway, so let me let, let let me cater to you so that I don't wind up like these other assholes. Right. right. He's either smart or just really dumb. Put it that way. Hey man, whoever's gonna get me there first, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I my I'm loyalty not, I'm not is for sale. Like, don't don't don't. I'm not, I'm not saying don't don't pick a side. I'm just saying like, yeah, he he just kind of you know went with. What came first, right? right? I mean, God didn't appear to him, so Satan did, and he was just like, "All right, yeah, I'll join you, Satan." <laughs> I think he literally calls him Satan. Too. I'm with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they cut back to like the main room, I guess the main the main car, and now people are freaking out, right? They know something's happening. They're trying to do crowd control. They're like. You know, the crowd's yeah. like, dude, let us off the fucking train. This is ridiculous. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. We got it under control. 
and uh, you know the um, they they start talking uh, privately at a table. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, and they're like, "Dude, is this thing dead or not? Like, what the fuck?" And uh, one of the one of the train people come over and they tell him like, "Hey, don't worry. I've uh, oh no, it was the inspector. The inspector comes over and he's talking to to Christopher Lee, and there he's like, "Hey, what's gonna happen?" And he's like, "Don't worry, we've already." What we're wiring ahead, we're letting the next station know that we need to stop and kind of like get off here. And the inspector has a look of panic in his eye, and he's like, "Ugh." So he goes into the room where the the officer is writing the wire, pulls the shit out of the type uh, the typing. I was gonna say the typing machine, the fucking typewriter, <laughs> and then he lowers the lights. And he kills the guy with his red eyes. And then it goes to like uh, the, the the scientists are inspecting everyone's eyes up close with magnifying glass. Well, that's where like, okay, so they're trying to like they're really kind of like talking it through, you know, the scientific uh, method, you know, hypothesizing and shit. And they're like, why did the eye the eyes go white? And you know, they're like, it's got something to do with the eyes and. You know, especially with the blood being able to show what the monster had saw last saw. So they're like, it's got to be something with the eyes. So they go around well, to everybody. I, th- I thought it was just common knowledge. Like, I on- honestly, I always I don't remember them even talking about that because I just thought it was common knowledge. that Like, well, we obviously know why the eyes go white now. I mean, because the, the creature, when it looks at you, it's. It's stealing memories. It's stealing you. It's stealing everything about you, therefore frying your brain. And that's why you have no eyes anymore either. No, because they're sitting at the the table. It's the Count, the Countess, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee. And the Countess literally asks the eyes, why do their eyes go white? And Yeah, because she's not a scientist. Right, but like that, they look at each other like, "Yeah, why is that?" And then they cut to looking at everybody with the magnifying glass, looking at all their eyes. So they realize that it's something with the eyes. So they're looking at everybody's eyes. Well, I thought what they were looking for is—is is this eye going to turn red or not? I don't know. Either way, know. either way, they're going around conducting like, uh, you know, an inspection on everybody to see like. Hey, you know, is somebody else infected or somebody else turning? Yeah, uh, they're definitely looking at that the wrong way. They're, they have no clue of what's going on there. They're just it's looking for abnormalities, pretty much, right? They're just looking for a difference. And the only one that they haven't checked on in the end is the inspector. Oh, inspector. It's only you now. What about me? Your eyes. We must examine your eyes, too. And it's like, oh, shit, is he about to get caught? Because, like, it's him, you know? And they look at his eyes, and, you know, he's kind of suspect about, like, letting them inspect him. And he was like, okay, uh, go for it. Not like that, but, like, that's kind of, like, the sentiment. And they inspect him, and sure enough, he was, he was totally fine. Um, so uh, Peter Lee's like, okay, Still don't know what's happening. We're going to be pulling up on this station. But until then, looks like... you did it again. <laughs> Called him Peter Lee. 
God damn it. You stop putting the British guys. They are two personalities, man. They got two different names. They're two different people, for God's sake. Christopher Lee is telling the train people, hey, don't let um don't let anybody be by themselves. You gotta pair off. Because if anybody starts acting up, we need somebody to report on it. Last thing we need is like some rogue person being infected and kind of getting to the rest of the train. Christ- yeah, we've all seen the thing. We know how this works. Christopher Lee Not goes into the room where the dude was typing up the memo, and it turns out he didn't burn it. Um, it was just crumbled up there on the table. So he opens it up, realizes, uh, well, I, I think he realizes at this point that like that message didn't get sent. But then we see the station, and they're getting the memo. They're getting like the Morris code or whatever it was. And so... Um, it's insinuated that um, Christopher Lee had finished submitting uh, the message. So yeah, uh, yeah, and then like you said, we it gets to the next station where we see um, looks like some kind of like small army militia type thing. This, the reason why I want to bring this up is because of this this guy, Captain Kazan. Tell me, little father, you believe in the devil? Yes, Your Honor. Oh, good. Send a telegram. Tell him that Captain Kazan, he knows that a horse has four legs. He knows that a murderer has two arms. But still, the devil must be afraid of one honest Cossack. Hmm? I'm, I'm gonna say right now, I fucking love this dude. He, I, I he looks so familiar. I was like, I know I've seen you in something, and I looked him up. I was like, I have not seen you in anything. I don't know who you are. No, he's just got one of those familiar faces. But I just, I, like, you either like this character or you hate him. But he's kind of a prick. He's like the one of the high, higher standing officers. Uh, you could tell nobody's and shit when they fucking show him, he's in bed with some chick, right? Like, and he's like right there in front of sleeping in the station. Like, I, I thought I was like, is he a prisoner or like, I know because you see the bars, like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck is going on here? But everyone's just listening, and then somebody's rubbing her head off the screen, so it's kind of weird. I don't too. know, yeah. I mean, it's Russia, but, like, they're, they're I, I, I think. Shit. I think what they're saying is that he's he's over here just having an orgy and shit and just like sleeping afterwards, but he's still in his big old Russian fucking fur coat type thing and stuff. Yeah. Smoking a cigar. And um yeah, they're like uh you know, hey, we we got this telegram. Uh I don't know how to break it down. Either way, they know that train's coming in in a couple minutes and, and uh, there's an issue aboard. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So Captain Kazan is like, you know, cool. Let him roll up on my station. Like, it's all good. I think I think what it is is uh, the Captain Kazan, like, took over this station. And so he's kind of like a thug and, like, like a gangster-ish kind of. And so he's going to prey on whatever train kind of comes in uh, to the station. But anyways, they cut back to the main train and the inspector comes into the room um with the uh, math science guy and um he starts asking him about like how did like 
break the law of gravity like how you get past like the earth's gravitational pull and the mathematician was like uh well like somebody's working on it you know like there's some about rockets and like i know a guy yeah and he's like well how well do you know him and he's like uh he was like a father to me like i know him really well and he's like okay good it just dawned on me right now. I didn't even think about it, but as you were saying it, I was always wondering why he was asking about that, but now it makes sense. He was trying to find a way home. Off the planet and back to wherever he came from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. I totally fucking didn't put that together. I don't know why I didn't, but yeah. So he turns off the lights and proceeds to kill Math Man. And then he cuts cuts back over to, um, you know, the the inspector talking to Christopher Lee. Yep. And, you know, he's still kind of pondering, like, you know, what is this thing? And, you know, I think it came from outer space. And I think, like, it, you know, this is where he's starting to realize, like, it's not so much that the ape man was the monster itself. I think it's like this being that can transfer from, like, different hosts. Yeah, it was like it, it took it took control of an amoeba, which took control of this fish, which took control of this. It, it's the story of evolution, but from the perspective of a, a of a visitor, I guess. So, so yeah, pretty much he's figured out that like somebody on the train right now is the host of that monster. They just can't figure out how to like detect um who it is just like the thing or the thing sorry not things but the thing so they get called to the room where the math man died and again eyes are white he was crying blood and bleeding from his mouth and they're talking to um the lady that was with them and they're like so what happened she was like i don't know i fell asleep um and then i woke up and he was dead and they're like were the lights on when you were awake and she's like yeah but then i woke up and the lights were off i turned them on and he was dead so they were like hmm the lights were on when you fell asleep this guy dies and you wake up and then the lights are out lights are off yeah. and they're like okay okay when we checked everyone's eyes it was with the lights on not off so wondering if you know this kind of insinuating like maybe it's different if it's when the lights are off so everyone's kind of, you know, still in panic mode. The priest comes to get um, the inspector. And this is where it's going to get a little fuzzy for me because um, they he brings him back to the count's room. The count's like loading his six shooter with some big ass fucking bullets. But he's got this big piece of steel, which I think was what was in the safe. And the Count becomes interested in that steel. Asking about like, uh, you know, does it melt or whatever? And he's like, yeah, if you get it hot enough. And he's like, well, what about like 160,000 degrees or whatever? And the the count the the Count's like, where the fuck on earth are you going to find temperatures like that hot? So now I'm thinking like, okay, he's like you said, he's trying to figure out how to get off of earth and like, past the earth's gravitational pull the rocket needs to go fast enough you need something to burn that's kind of what i was picking up from that scene i don't really remember 
what they were trying to insinuate with that scene. Unless, did you have a different take on that? No, um, I just can't put the next scene. <laughs> okay. Um, but they get interrupted because um, they are stopped at the station, and the train yeah. is now being taken over. Um, by Captain Kazan's crew. Yeah, correct. A bunch of armed, uh, it looks like uh, militia types, like uh, self-claimed army kind of thing. Yeah, and it was funny um, because the Count and the Countess pull rank. They're like, hold on, wait a minute. The Tsar will hear of this. I'll have you sent to Siberia. I am in Siberia. This is Countess Irina Petrovska. And I'm Count Marian Petrovsky. Oh, Your Excellencies, I'm sorry. Of course, the Count and Countess are exempt from our orders. Please, escort them to their car. Captain Kazan's like, oh, my bad. Like, I didn't, like, no disrespect. Like, you know, uh, of course, you know, everyone is subject to my inspection, except you guys. You guys can go back to your room. That's totally cool. And they're like, okay. And they went back to their room and left everybody yeah, and there to get, like, fucking robbed and tormented and shit. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I I think that was the insinuation. I think they were going to come in here and just cause a bunch of ruckus and didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to. Because then, man, he's just, I don't know, the guy's a pimp, bro. Like, I'm looking at him right now. I'm like, <laughs> this is fucking fur collared bullshit. It, it looks like a robe. Like, it, you know what? It looks like those, um, those, those guards, like in London. Yeah, the beef eaters. Yeah, but like, w w without anything underneath. Like, like he just crawled out of bed, like, uh, I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm wearing this thing. It's supposed to keep me extremely warm, but I'm not gonna wear anything underneath. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what what I picked from it. So he's fucking around with everybody, right, in the same room, trying to figure out what's happening here. Some, somebody tell me what's going on. Like nobody really yeah. wants to talk, and trying uh, to get the deets. He's harassing the inspector. Is where he tells him, like, "What's your name?" He's like, "I'm Inspector Mirov," and he's like, "You're a police inspector, huh?" Yes, Captain. Mirov is my name. Mirov. Oh, Mirov. That's a good Russian name, Mirov. Good, strong Russian name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, so, yeah, um, again, this is kind of like about where I fade out because um, something happens with the priest. Like, they try to advance on the priest, and he's like, stay away from me. I'll put a curse on your heads or whatever. And they're kind of scared of him, and they look at... Uh, the captain they're like uh what should we do here he has the evil eye and uh i think uh, that's kind of it for me this is where you're gonna have to jump in yeah he's dead so captain kazan's not taking the the priest seriously and he's just like uh you know like like he the the priest guy got his crucifix up and he's just like uh sarcastically uh, he does does uh the the father son holy spirit thing and then kisses the the crucifix and just like grabs it from him I'm like that shit ain't gonna do anything man don't <laughs> fuck with me like i got a fucking army behind me uh he fucking he hits him with a whip a little <laughs> Captain kazan's got yeah. a little fucking bondage whip that he's just like yeah. carrying around i'm sure he was using it on his lady friend before he comes in here starts whipping the priest around he's whipping him good man the guy's taking a good thrashing from him and stuff. I, I think what happened was like he started like trying to protect the um 
the inspector because he you know he was getting bullied by the captain and like the priest kind of like stepped in and i think he at one point when he was holding the crucifix up he was like beware the wrath of satan and then that's when he did like the whole whole the uh, tail mary thing and um you know the captain's like tripping out on the inspector and then uh this part i do remember christopher lee is like curious so what he does is he turns the lights out and you can see that uh, the inspector has the red eyes and so yeah captain he, he, kazan he sees that he's like test. what the fuck so they 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 you know they start attacking him they stab him they start shooting him um they're like trying to kill him right and you know they're like hey don't don't look at his eyes you know one look like at his the eyes way the, the captain threw his knife and stuff as soon as he's trying to leave and shit and fucking as soon as the inspector's trying to leave after everyone found out he's the alien Fucking, he just like throws his his fucking his knife like underhandedly, like with very little like uh very little uh, momentum, and it's just totally nails him in the back, and they just start shooting him. Right. That's like, what I say. He's my kind of dude. Fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna make this shit look good at the same time. So the priest follows the inspector, and he's like, "Hey." you're dying so like i will pick up where you left off like give me the power and so we go through this kind of another good kind of intense transference of energy scene and like the the, the makeup on the priest i thought was really good they, they really like made his eyes very kind of puffy and red and he's like zoning out and like you see him like kind of receiving uh whatever this energy is this life form this um, intelligence I think they even referred to it as at one point and then the inspector just kind of keels over and dies but then we see that the priest is like full red eyes like he's got the smirk on his face he's like ready to go and so um, he comes out well now he doesn't even come out yet they, they kind of um, they turn out the lights and the, the captain's army is like fuck it let's go let's go get him so they go over down to where they were and they start shooting um you know in the door and they start shooting through the wall and they're trying to like hopefully kill uh the monster now this is officially where i've left off this is like the 10 minute mark and i i don't know anything from here okay so basically what happens from here is uh is uh yeah he transfers uh, the inspector uh, transfers his energy to the priest. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, the people, uh, they're all gathered in, like it said, the whole township of, of this train is all gathered into one room. They've all been there since all this is going on. Everyone's scared. Um, I One thing I never understood is they didn't follow the inspector out. out. They just kind of like stood there and kind of waited. Granted, it's a train. You can only go forward or back. So, I mean... So they're probably just like, well, eventually something's got to give. Somebody's going to pop up. So they're just sitting. It's like they're sitting there waiting while, uh, you know, Captain Kazan's indulging in some probably vodka or some shit like that. You know, he just grabbed from somebody. Um, and uh, I don't I don't know where it went from lighting in the room to no lighting. But, yeah, there's no, they're now sitting there in the dark. They realize like you need the lights out to see the red eyes, so like that's right, how we're so gonna identify it. So, so they shut the lights out, I yeah. guess. And I I didn't see that part, but um, they're waiting for somebody to come poking around the corner, 
And so they're kind of sitting in anticipation. But that didn't work either because the priest just comes out of the woodwork and he just starts slashing away at everybody and then taking people's fucking... Well, I don't know if it's like taking their souls. Yeah. But like that, that's their it, minds. It's, it's kind of equivalent of. But yeah, he's just dropping them. There's, yeah, the left and right. Just drop, dropping them left and right. And um, ends up killing the captain, right? Yeah, same way as everyone else. The captain, uh, you know, gets it too. But it's you know, funny because, um, you know, they go looking for him. They find all the bodies. And then they cut to the priest entering the the car for the count and the countess and they're just in there she's like on the piano playing music like they have no idea what's like all the murder that that's a, been happening that there was a massacre on the train <laughs> like go about our business money yeah. buys everything first world oh, problems yeah, man yeah, we'll, we'll buy another priest it's fine <laughs> yeah oh I do like how uh, the captain died, though. He kind of died. Of course, he died like a badass, you know? As pushy as he can be, given the circumstances, he tried. But, yeah, he was the last one to drop, I think, in the scene. Um, and uh, the Professor Saxton and Dr. Wells are uh, just in this car, like, uh, viewing all the dead bodies um, uh, with a flashlight. I forgot what they were doing before. Oh, they're just hunting him, right? And they're using the flashlight because they know yeah, if he's Christian's in the dark, the red eyes are going to come out. So, like, yeah, let's keep the light on or whatever. Um, the the priest ends up killing the count in the car, and then he starts going for the countess. But then Christopher Lee um, pops in, and this is where we start to get the... Um, explanation of what this thing is who are you in words is difficult i am a form of energy occupying the shell where do you come from another galaxy i came with others like myself i was left behind an accident i survived in protozoans fish vertebrates the history of your planet is part of me. Pull the trigger and you will end it. What am I to do with you? Let me go. That's not possible. It is possible. I will teach you to end disease, pain, hunger. While that's happening, we start to see all the bodies that he's dropped come back to life yeah um it's it's kind of like um i don't know like like a like a bee colony it seems like you know like like whatever he did to them kind of uh made them i don't know it, it, it's like he's wired to them somehow now because he took their lives took their minds yeah kind, so, kind of like zombies almost like they're not like well, the flesh-eating zombies exactly we know, but is. like old no, like I mean, voodoo zombies. zombies that's that's exactly what they are they're zombies they're just you know like uh, just because they didn't come from some accident or something like that doesn't kind of change that at all that's exactly what they are they're just drones they're zombies kind of following a pattern 
I, I don't know what the point of that though was. I, I couldn't. Rem- I remember to help him get up. away because he, he was about to be killed. So he brings all them in to like distract Christopher oh, Lee, so he can we, he yeah. can get away. He makes a break for it, and so now Christopher Lee and uh, the Countess, and eventually they meet up with um, Peter Cushing. They're like literally fighting their way through all these bodies. Um, these zombies and like you know just kind of slashing with swords and shit like that and uh, they're on their way the train is on its way to like the next stop and uh, they go they bring all the the remaining people of this train to the cargo area the the back cargo area Um, and uh, did they they sent a message somebody sent a message out and another another um telegram or whatever and um the 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 station receives this telegram uh i i don't know what was said on the telegram but apparently they knew exactly what was going on They're like ah shit we can't let this happen so what do they do uh, uh, well, the, the, the station uh, changes uh, the, the course of the track, the coupling or whatever. The thing that, that, that um, changes tracks, Yeah. Uh, they change it to a different track. Um, and where does it lead? Oh, well, it's, it leads to either an unfinished or end yeah, of the road. Right, right, off the road. The, right off a cliff, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight it goes, it goes, yeah, so... <laughs> So the train goes off this channel and it's headed for its ultimate demise. I think the part I'm missing, I don't remember seeing, is the uncoupling of the... Because uh, here I am thinking, all right, they're like, oh, yeah, we're all fucked. So let's just kill everyone on this train. I think and that was part- the instruction. I think that's why they they got a message out to the next station to say, hey... Here's what's happening. There's an alien on board change that's going to kill everybody the on the track, planet. Right. And then they put everybody in the back, and then they uncoupled it, and then they knew that the rest of the train was going to go off the track and kill all of them, and all the rest of the remaining alive people were left alone. And then it just... Oh, I just... I, I, I like that whole scene where it's showing the creature that the, in the priest form with its red eyes, just like looking... Ultimately, looking at its own demise, like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, like that's the end of the track, right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Sure and he's just, uh, he's he's just watching in awe as the train just goes over the cliff. Yep, it goes and hits the ground and just fucking blows up. The cargo car is the only one left on the track, right at the end. That's edge the, of the part cliff. I didn't understand. I don't remember them uncoupling that car, but for some reason, that car kind of lagged behind. And got to the edge, but stopped. Because it wasn't being pulled. It didn't have the same momentum as the rest of them because it wasn't being pulled anymore. That's the whole See, point of decoupling it. would make more sense if they, if they, if they uh, disengaged that car from the train. Because it would still be moving. Isn't that what decoupling is? Yeah. See, that's the thing. is I don't remember them doing that. But they did. I, I saw it here. They, they did it. Uh, okay. No, no. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying that that's, that part, I just... For some it. reason, okay. yeah, got it. But, yeah, so because uh, yeah, it's not they're... being pulled with the rest of the train, it's just kind of gliding on momentum, 
and eventually slows down. So it just happened to slow down at the edge. You know, and, and they can look and then, down, they look down and they see just the fiery yeah, mess say, at the bottom. And then we, we got our two heroes, the, 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 uh, the Saxton and Dr. Wells standing there in, in the front of everyone else, just like looking down because it's just the sheer, like, like the, the, the end car just like made it straight to the edge of that. And they were just like, oh, like front row view. Yeah. The death of this alien creature. Yeah. And, fade uh, to black and that's Raptor. it. Yeah, fade to black <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> and there you have. Uh, it was it was a good watch. Um, I think for its time, you know, you I can see how like it could be scary, right? It did kind of um, good effects, scary well, tones dude, did, to did, it. Did you see? Like, obviously, I don't ever go by reviews, anyways. But did you see? Um, people's reviews on shutter about it if you look like it just across like all the way down the list like five schools five schools five schools like no but i found it interesting when i went to watch it on my tv the shutter app on my tv had it at four schools but then the shutter app on my phone had it at five schools and i was like is it better when it's on my phone? Like that doesn't make no, any sense. No, it's it's not that. Um, those are just individuals. You're talking about the overall. Like, did people take the time to put like when we say skulls, we're talking about like four or five stars kind of thing and stuff. But um, like the people themselves put their own individual rating system. But then when when uh, you know they when it comes to the overall movie, not everybody puts you know their star in the in, the, in place of that. So it's you know there, it's different either way. Either way, you said four, and you know like four is already high anyways. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. was it was all around appreciated movie. I, and I do remember somebody's uh description or somebody something that they put after they put their like their five star rating to it they're all like yep still scary <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and i was like yeah like because yeah. I, I remember as a kid this movie had that unsettling vibe it's I something about the haunting creepy music um it, it's the the eyeballs yeah and this and the the very sleepwalker esque kind of zombie vibe that you get from you know the zombie people. It's just uh, it's it's very dark and depraved, and you feel very isolated because you're on a train with these people, and you have no association to the outside world. And there's some huge event going on that you cannot control and you don't know who's responsible and it's just it's all it's a whole bunch of red flags all over this movie i could totally see like being like 14 you know 12 13 14 watching this in the dark on like a late saturday night yeah when i'm supposed to be asleep watching this shit and just being like you know freaked out yeah oh dark tones all the way around i i did i did watch it like late at night by myself in the dark I think it's how I experienced it too. Um, nice. But yeah, I I really missed this movie, and I was like, "Fuck, dude! If I'm gonna, we're gonna be doing a podcast about these movies, I have to bring in the ones from back in the day." This is one of those ones. I was like, "Oh man, like Horror Express." Definitely yeah, that was a good one. It. I like it. Uh, 
Yeah, I was yeah. a little eerie about it first because of its age and like, you know, like I said, it just yeah. it, it started the way it started. It was like, rem- mm. remember, horror horror is a very fragile thing, but without all the old Hammer horror movies, we wouldn't have got to where we're at. Yeah, true. So. Um, and you know, a lot of them are probably discredited for the way they look and how you can't get into them and stuff like that. But this is a per- perfect example that, like, you know, go back and watch these kinds of things. You'll 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 find some a very surprising kind of um uh, uh, surprise. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> I, whatever the case may be. Yeah, but I, yeah, I definitely missed. Yeah, this check movie. it out. I like that. I watched go, it. Go yeah. check it out. Yeah, get a chance. Check it out. All right, dude, you ready to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right, man. Um, yeah, check us out um, on Instagram, Mutant City Horror, uh, at Mutant City Horror. You can always email the show, mutantcityhorror at gmail.com, and then um, Spotify for the podcast. Uh, I, again, I don't know why I always say that, but I do. Um, all right, man. Great pick. Awesome. All right, dude. Have a good night. We'll see everybody later. See you on the next one. See you on the next one. Have a good night.